Welcome to the Unbranded Podcast with Miss Dean Loves You, where we have interesting conversations with interesting people and learn about unconventional ways to live our best lives. I'm your host, Susie Dean. I'm a former teacher, mother in her MILF era, and wife. I have the incredible experience now of exploring topics and ways of living that I've always been curious about. The conversations on this pod are always relaxed, authentic, and might just teach you a thing or two. I promise that every episode will leave you with a deeper sense of self and understanding for those who are different from you. So get comfy cozy, grab a drink of your choice, and let's have some fun together. Hi guys, happy Friday. Look at me, such a tight B queen. Um, recording the podcast on the day it's supposed to launch. I have been really in my type B era, trying so hard to not be as high-strung, control-oriented, um, results-oriented, everything needs to go a certain way person, trying to let go of all of that in an effort to also let go of my anxiety. But you know what? I am a Virgo queen, a Capricorn rising. And sometimes there are things that I just can't turn type B, can't run away from, can't hide from other people. But if there is one thing or three things or seven things in a day that I can make the conscious decision to switch off that hyper control, I'm going to do it. And it's gotten to the point, actually, and you guys would be proud, where people will meet me and they're like, oh my gosh, I never would have guessed that you are a type A person or that you are a controlled person. You seem like you are so laid back and chill. Oh, love when I hear that. It has taken me a long time to get here. Anyway, here I am on a Friday. I have not reached out to anyone else new to be on the podcast in two weeks and I really need to get on that especially now because I'm in between work projects and now is the time that I have to be you know uh, rounding up content for social media for the podcast designing merch overhauling the website because once I get into my next project it's going to be tough again and we have a move coming up a lot sooner than expected and We don't have an exact like move date yet. We know our closing date, but since I'm living in my dad's building, we don't have a move out date, which is a blessing because we can take our time transferring, but that's all still up in the air. So I don't, um, I don't really know how I feel about that. If you've been following me on social media, you know that over the past couple of days, I have been having these very odd spells. Spooky season this year, where out of seemingly nowhere, I get severe tightness and pain in my jaw. My tongue goes numb and tingly. My whole mouth does like If you've never felt your gums go numb, it is wild. I get lightheaded and dizzy. Um, my my vision gets super blurry, and it's it's like it's blurry, but it's also like I'm seeing mirages. It's not stars. It's not 
flashes. It's like swimming silver streaks. Very odd. And then my hands and my arms go numb and cold. And this has happened to me before. The, the very first time this happened was in 2017 when I was teaching uh, with Teach for America and I was under severe stress and anxiety and pressure and I was not doing well. It was like one of the lowest points of my life. So I can I can very clearly and easily point that back to a source. I was on my way to school and I thought I was going to have to pull over and go to a hospital because slowly like my head started going numb, my mouth started going numb, my hands and fingers started going numb. It was like growing all over my body. I'm like, is it safe to drive? Am I going to lose control of my limbs any second? Um, and the other times it has happened has been while I was a teacher. So I could always kind of figure out, well, it's the beginning of the year. I'm not getting the best sleep. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. There's lots of things going on, lots of things on my to-do list. But now it's happening and there's no seemingly obvious stressors. Like I said, I'm in between work projects. Um, I have a therapist that's awesome. I have a psychiatrist that's listening to me for the first time. I'm having so much fun with my baby. I have so much time to do things that bring me joy. I'm sleeping great. I'm getting out in nature. And I, I'm not... I'm not dealing with any stressors. Like life is really good and really easy right now. So that's a problem, right? Because I'm having these random bouts of aggressive physical symptoms and I don't know what's causing them. It's not low blood pressure. I checked my blood pressure during an episode and it was objectively perfect. I It's not low blood sugar. It's not that I'm not eating. It happens when I'm eating candy. It happens when I'm eating tons of protein. It happens when I'm sitting and not overexerting myself. It happens when I haven't had any coffee. So it's not like a caffeine thing and I'm just at a loss. And it got to the point where I was just like, you know, this always has happened in the past when there is extreme stress and anxiety happening around me. So my body obviously to me and what I believe is my body knows all. My body is intelligent and my body knows what it's doing. Um, it's in great health and great shape. I know that's not the case for everyone. People with dealing people dealing with chronic illnesses, I mean, um, I know don't have that type of relationship with their body. Uh, I have that relationship with my body and I'm so grateful for it. So I do believe that my body is intelligent and knows what it's doing. And I know that my body is trying to tell me something. So I'm convinced now that there is something underlying that I need to carve out emotionally and work through. I think that there must be an underlying subconscious stressor that I'm not thinking of that isn't at the forefront that I'm maybe even subconsciously suppressing and my body keeps trying to tell me, whoa, Susie, you need to slow down and you need to sit with this pain or discomfort or whatever feelings are like lying there waiting for me because we need to get this figured out. And we know that emotions that are unresolved 
manifest into physical symptoms. And right now they're pretty mild. And, you know, I wouldn't want them to get to a point where it becomes really aggressive physical symptoms or worse, in my opinion, um, it bubbles over into a random out of the blue panic attack. So I've been seeking like ways to sit in silence and journal and and figure out what's going on. And I don't have any answers yet. So explore this alongside me. I'm lucky that Robbie has is sick and hasn't been working too much so he can spend extra time with the baby and I have time alone to do things like this. Um, I'm really hoping to to explore that. But the what this is all leading to, and my woo-woo girls will love this, is I was talking to my therapist, Queen Regina, about it yesterday, and I thought that she would have an answer or a resolution, or she may have heard this before, and what she told me was not what I was expecting. And I know that she's a little woo-woo like me. Her wife is uh, training to be like a Reiki master, so she's surrounded by all of this stuff. But she said, I'm going to say something. She said this. I'm going to say something pretty woo-woo. And I need you to bear with me. Is that okay? And I said, yeah, go ahead. Go off Queen Regina. And she said, have you ever explored past lives? I think what she actually said was, have you ever done a past life regression? And I said, no, I have had my past lives read. I have never done it through like a meditative state. And I said, why? That's like so odd and random. And she said, were you ever in a past life hanged or choked? And I was like, what? Because my friend Queen Jane did read my past lives and did say, I think two different instances. One life, I was a medicine woman. I mean, that was fine and normal and I think it was a delightful life. And I love that for me. And two, I was a witch and I was hanged. And now let me say, I don't know if I believe in past lives. I don't I don't know how much weight I'm putting onto this, but it's really interesting that she also brought that up. And I said, why would you bring that up? And she said, well, think about it. Think of these physical symptoms. Your, your jaw and your neck are tensing up. Your vision's going blurry. You're getting lightheaded. Your limbs are going numb and cold. I strongly believe, and pe- she had, she had a uh, inmate because she was she worked in a prison in the mental health system. She had an inmate who was psychic, had these what, whatever, and read her past lives. Similar similar situation to what I'm experiencing, and she said, I think that maybe there's stuff in this past life that needs to be resolved, or you need to work through. Um, and it's coming back and manifesting in this life physically. And I messaged Jane and she was like, oh, hell yeah, girl, you need to get that witch wound fixed and resolved. So I'm, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I don't know. But at this point, I'm willing to do anything. So I'm going to be journaling on this and saving up for a session with Danielle, the shaman that I had on for a clearing. Um, I don't think that's what it's called. It's called a, a some session with her to to resolve this because I don't I'm like at a loss when you can't point to a cause of 
physical manifestations. It's really frustrating, right? Because I want to do. I want to have control. I am at heart a type A person. And when there's something that is bothering me or is not going right and I can't control it or do something about it and I just have to deal with it, I don't like that. That makes me really uncomfortable. So this is not what this podcast was supposed to be about, but here we are. Welcome. Stay tuned to see if this is a witch wound thing or if I'm able to figure it out on my own. A lot of people um, in my DMs suggested like maybe you have lots of feelings around Hawthorne's first birthday, which is coming up. Or maybe there's some unresolved stuff around your birth, which is the anniversary of your birth and your very long labor is coming up. Maybe you have a lot of feelings around this move that you haven't explored. And I think all of those are totally valid. On the surface, again, like, no, I don't want to move. I have a complicated relationship with the fact that we're moving and we bought a house because it's such a privilege to own a house, especially at our age in this time. The housing market is terrifying. That's such a blessing. And also, I live in paradise right now. I'm less than a mile away from where I went to elementary school and where my father went to elementary school. Like, I, my roots run deep where we are. I have wild monstera in the backyard. I have three mango trees. Like, I'm less than a mile from the beach. I'm spoiled. And I don't want to leave my parents. I don't want to go far away from them and all of our friends. But I know that we have to because we can't rent forever. And we're definitely not going to be able to afford to buy anything in this county anytime soon. I do have a complicated relationship with that. At the same time, you know, I am partially excited too because we are going to have a backyard for ourselves and a garden for the first time I can have my garden again. And I I do grow some things here, but we don't get the sunlight that we want and we can make new friends and it's a fresh start and an opportunity to explore. So, you know, there, there's a lot of conflicting emotions there. And then with Hawthorne's birthday on the surface, like, yeah, I don't want him to grow up. He's my sweet little baby. But also I do love him growing up because every day he learns something new and can do something new and interacts in a new way. And, and I, I think that I'm at peace with it. I haven't mourned anything, but maybe, you know, again, maybe I need to. And then there's my birth. Like, you guys know that I really yearned for and prepared for an unmedicated home birth for a long time before I even got pregnant. And I tried to have that home birth. I labored for four days and I did not want to give up. But you can listen to my son's birth story um, in one of the very first episodes. But, you know, there came a point when my water broke, grad eight centimeters, it's game time. I'm getting the pep talk to push. Finally, I'm going to be my baby after laboring around for three days um, over my birthday as well. And my midwife goes in to push me the last, like, whatever she thinks is left and sees that when my water broke, my baby fell into my cervix in a way that was wonky as he had been the whole time, and that weird positioning and falling caused my cervix to swell up. And I was essentially back at five centimeters. (laughs) I needed to regroup in the bathtub. And at that point, she had told me, you know, 
you haven't, you and the baby are fine and we can like fight this out for another 12 hours and try to make back that progress. But you have not slept in three days and you have been contracting for a very long time. It might, and you once you get to pushing stage, that's like a whole bunch of other energy that you're going to have to gather. So it might be time to take a nap at the hospital with an epidural. And she said, totally your choice. And at that point I was like, okay, if my midwife is giving me permission and like talking me through having to take a, take a breather and take a nap at the hospital, then I don't really feel like I'm giving up. And then I was at the hospital for 24 hours and I was like, I'm going to the hospital. I'm doing the whole hospital thing. I do not want to labor unmedicated in a hospital setting that is beyond uncomfortable for me people checking me people taking my blood fluorescent lights hard floors not my bed not my own shower no I don't like that um so I did the whole damn thing and I was on epidural and I was on Pitocin there for 24 more hours so there was a point when I was on Pitocin and I wasn't even having contractions anymore my body was so tired nobody knew what was going on no midwife no nurse no OB had any idea why this birth was going this way and I ended in a c-section and throughout that whole process, I was present because part of why I wanted to have a home birth was because I didn't want to have birth trauma or I wanted to mitigate my opportunity to have birth trauma. Every person that I know who has trauma associated with their birth was in a hospital. Now, that's not, I don't think that's a correlation. Well, I mean, there's definitely a correlation. Like there's there's much more of an opportunity to have birth trauma in a hospital because there's just much more of an opportunity for you to not be able to advocate for yourself and for you to get kind of cornered into making decisions that maybe you don't want to make, pressure being put on you to make decisions you don't want to make, um, especially if you don't have a doula there to advocate for you, especially if you haven't done your own research on what's happening to your body and all of the risks that are involved. A whole bunch of things. I mean, that's something that I believe in, that I know, that I stand by, that I witnessed when I was in the hospital. So I, I, I really wanted to mitigate the opportunity for birth trauma, which is why I was in the wanted to have a home birth. And another way that I tried to mitigate trauma was to be as present as possible throughout the entirety of my labor. So you know, like at home, we're not a problem. Laboring, holding my dog's paw, eating, like I'm comfortable. There's no, there's no problems there. But once my midwife was like, maybe you go to the hospital. I was like, okay, I have to get into game mode now. I have to be present in my body. I have to, I have to be hyper aware because if something happens that I'm not okay with and I just try to brush it off, that's going to turn into birth trauma that is unresolved. So throughout the whole process, I was I was making decisions. I was having conversations with Robbie. I was talking to the nurses. I was talking to the doctors. I was making uh, well-informed decisions. I decided to have a C-section. And I was, you know, I just being present. I wasn't, I wasn't disassociating. I wasn't pushing down the feelings that I had. When I decided to have the C-section, I talked about it with Robbie. I talked about it with the doula. I talked about it with our pastor. 
Um, because like the whole team at our church was praying for us because they were like, Susie went into labor four days ago and she still doesn't have a baby. And they're calling us and worried about us. And I said, I would like to meet the surgeon first. The surgeon came in and then I'm laying there, you know, they're getting ready to cut me open. I'm just like, we are here. We are here. We are looking at the lights. We are listening to the sounds. We are taking deep breaths. I didn't want to not mentally be there for any of it. I wanted to be mentally there. Um, so I kind of like pushed aside my fatigue and made myself be there with my whole being. And I was, and it was scary. And I felt being scared. And I, and, you know, I, I, afterward, I talked to a lot of people about the birth. I talked it through with Robbie. I talked it through with my family. I talked it through with friends, like all the details, which I think is really important. And I told myself, you know, this was not the birth that I wanted. However, I exhausted all of my other alternatives. And my body was wearing out very obviously um, right before I decided to have the cesarean when you know, I wasn't contracting anymore and wasn't making it past eight centimeters again. My cervix started swelling up again. And I was like, okay, this is this is very obviously my body telling me that it's it's slowing down and it needs some help. So I thought, and I still think, maybe I processed my birth. It wasn't what I wanted, but I I was present for it and I've talked about it and I worked through all those emotions. And every time like uh icky thought came up about what my birth ended up being and like any shame that I kind of felt that I objectively know I shouldn't feel. I think all births are births. All birth choices are beautiful with it when they're informed, which mine was. I think I worked through that. So, but I don't know, like there's, I'm, I'm getting dizzy out of nowhere and I'm seeing silver flying lines. Like that's not okay. So Hey, maybe it is something to dig into. This is not what this episode was supposed to be about, by the way. It was supposed to be about something else. But maybe this is all coming out because someone else needs to hear it. If you follow me on social media, you know I've been sharing significantly more about how I support my health and wellness naturally and with the gifts that the earth has provided to us. Whether that be by eating beef liver every day, getting my feet in the earth and eyes in the morning sunlight, or meditating with my crystals, you guys always show curiosity and sometimes even do it along with me. But if you've really been following along, you know that I've been using and loving Young Living's essential oils for years to not only make my house smell yummy, but to manage my anxiety and depression, lift my spirits, fix bug bites, ground, manifest, detox my house, balance my hormones, aid in my digestion, you name it. Whether you're seeking a moment of tranquility after a busy day, needing assistance with arthritis, inflammation, chronic headaches, or even just need some assistance with soothing your new baby when you're at a loss, Young Living's essential oils are your answer, and I'm so confident in saying that. These concentrated plant extracts have been used for centuries to promote well-being and balance in both body and mind, and Young Living's oils specifically go through strict third-party testing and must pass the highest quality standards before they're placed in your home. They are the only oils I trust to use in my home, 
on my body, and most importantly, around my baby. If you're new to essential oils, but thinking they might just be something that would support your health, I'd be so happy to make a wellness plan for you, chat with you through uses and benefits, and give you all of the extra perks that come with making a shift in your life. If you're a seasoned essential oil pro looking to switch to a high-quality brand with strong values and ethics, use the link in the show notes to shop around and use the code SHAREYL for an extra 10% off. Either way, slide into my DMs for extra perks, gifts, and money back before ordering. These oils will change your life, and I'm so grateful that I get to spend my days using the magic of plants to support my body in working optimally, as it was meant to. Click the link in my bio to explore all that Young Living has to offer and shoot me a DM if you want to get started. I would love nothing more than to be your new oily buddy. I love you. Now, back to the show. So that is my little homework assignment for myself for today, for the weekend. Figure out what my body is trying to tell me. And there's going to be a couple of ways that I'm going to be doing that. One, you guys know that I love stream of consciousness journaling. Stream of consciousness journaling is when you sit down, you have your quiet space, you set up the atmosphere, and you open up a journal and you just start writing. If you don't know what you're writing about, you just are documenting the stream of thoughts that go through your consciousness and kind of watching those thoughts. Um, I'm sitting in a chair and I'm deciding to stream of consciousness journal because I was listening to Susie's podcast today. She told me to stream of consciousness journal and I don't really know what this means and I don't know what I'm looking for and I don't know what to write, but she told me that I just need to write until I feel empty and that stuff is going to come out. So here we are. And, you know, it's a beautiful day outside, but I've really been yearning for rain. Like all of that, all of that stuff that crosses your brain, you write down. You don't worry about punctuation. You don't worry about spelling things right. You don't worry about things sounding good. You don't worry about getting a particular answer. You just write. And what happens every time I do this is I write all of those nonsense like thoughts that are crossing my mind as they come. But once you address and acknowledge those surface level thoughts, you go a layer deeper. And then you get to some other thoughts that weren't necessarily floating in your consciousness. And then you get deeper and deeper. Each layer, you're getting to a deeper root of what's lying underneath that's not necessarily at the conscious level yet. And you'll find as you're writing, like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this was something that I was thinking about or was like inside of me. Um... And then you start thinking about it and you continue writing about it and you continue exploring it. And then you feel empty. You feel like, ah, I've I've got it. And sometimes it takes like multiple pages, 15, 20 minutes of just writing, maybe even longer. And what I like to do is go back over what I wrote and underline and identify all nuggets of wisdom that came out. So I will be doing that. I always get some kind of epiphany or some kind of answer or some kind of new like inner challenge that's been brought up to work on. I will be doing that. I will be using my oils. Of course, we like to integrate plant medicine into our wellness, mental health practices. There is something awesome that Young Living has called the 
uh, feelings kit, which has all of these oils designed to help you work through hard emotional stuff and traumas. And each oil is a specific blend of plants and flowers and, you know, leaves and branches and whatever is in there for certain points of the body, certain pressure and energy points where different emotions are held in the body. And you put those oils over those areas and you repeat different mantras to yourself. So I'll be doing that over the next couple of days every day, probably meditating on it. Probably I'll be sitting with a new crystal doing a guided visual meditation that my um, therapist, Queen Regina, told me about where I'll walk you guys through it. I haven't done it, but someone walked her through it and she thinks it's really awesome that <laughs> you... Um, you will do a guided meditation on your own. If you if you don't know how to do that, I'm sure you can find one on YouTube that's really easy to work with. Um, and you kind of visualize and build in your mind a tree, a tree. And it's a tree in a garden. Build the garden in your mind. What kind of flowers are there? Are there benches? Are there water fountains? Are there beautiful arches with bougainvilleas throwing up them and then you imagine a door in the trunk of this big tree like the Keebler elf and you open the door and you can't see anything except the first step down and each step is the year before and you go backwards as far as you can um the farthest you can go obviously is your birth but you go back and back and every step down you take, 2022, 2021, 2020, sit with that. What happened in that year? What were some big events? What were some challenges? What were some victories? What were some emotions surrounding that? And you sit with it and you walk through it. And then once you reflect on all the things that happened that year, you go to the next year before that. And she says, you might find a year where a lot of stuff happened that you haven't really spent time on or a lot of stuff happened that you don't think about and it's just coming up for the first time um, and that gives you a really good opportunity to to reflect maybe to find some things that are in our history that were challenging that weren't actually faced head-on i'll be doing that and then um so I'll be meditating, oils, journaling. Yeah, I think that's I think that's all I know how to do. And um, I'll be saving up for a release with Danielle. Let me let me actually double check what it's called because I want to do it. Hold on, I want to say it right. So if you guys want one too, you can get one. Danielle release. Yeah, it's called a release session. Well, that's all good to talk about. Again, I didn't I didn't think this was where I was going to go. This was not the plan. I was completely planning for something else. But obviously, that is not what you guys need right now. So if I have extra time today, I will record that other topic and I'll save it on the back burner for the next time that I procrastinate getting a guest on the podcast and need to throw something out there. Um, but I did want, just for fun, because someone on a podcast that I listened to does this and I think it's nice. I'm going to give you all of the latest things 
that I'm into right now. Books I'm reading, podcasts I'm loving, TV shows I'm loving, things I'm hyper fixated on, things that are getting me through the day, etc. So right now I just finished a book called Wayward. I was on Lemonade, which I don't I don't know what the move is with Lemonade anymore. I feel like it's kind of nobody's talking about it, but I love it. I think it's very beautiful, aesthetically pleasing, Pinteresty. I like it. So I felt I, I came across this post that has all these witchy themed books as we head into spooky season. And I was a little hesitant because I did read, I have read like one or two witchy style books in the past and they were so dumb. Like I lived with two witches in college. I know a lot of the pagan traditions and tools and like seasons and holidays. And when I read a witchy book and they misuse these things, like, come on, quadruple eye roll completely ruins the whole thing. But I really like Wayward, W-E-Y-W-A-R-D. It follows three generations of women who were witches and have these beautiful powers with nature and animals and plants. It was like the ultimate witch that I, I love. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like fantastic blew me away. It's not a book that I would go back to and read multiple times. But I thought it was really well done. It was enjoyable to read. The characters were relatable. The way that they described it, it wasn't like it wasn't like a pagan style book. It was women from the 1600s, 1700s, and then like the 1800s, and then modern day, who all have these kind of questionable powers or ways of relating with animals and healing people with their touch and their relationships with herbal medicine it was it was just it was really well done i thought it had a beautiful resolution at the end and it was just really nice it was like the perfect little spooky witch book it wasn't spooky but perfect little witch book that i wanted to read while heading into spooky season and there are some other books on that list that i'm going to be hitting up not all some of them look a little cringy but some i'm currently reading wish you were here by jody Picoult. Jody, my girl, like she is like Taylor Jenkins read to me. I've never read a book by her that wasn't very well done. Very well researched, beautiful, intriguing, well-developed characters. So I'm really obviously liking Wish You Were Here. I wish I, um, wait, what was it? That thought left my mind. I'm reading it. Someone did warn me. I didn't really know what it was about. Someone did warn me that it's about COVID and one of her friends had, couldn't read it because she was a nurse and it brought back too many memories. I didn't think it was going to be a problem because my experience during COVID lockdown was pretty tame, normal. I didn't have, I, I nobody in my family that I knew got sick, died. Um, I didn't work in the health field, obviously. So I don't, I didn't have any, anything that I thought was going to trigger me, but there's some really sad, sad moments and sad stories. Uh, but overall, really good book so far. Really, she, she tackles like very complex 
issues and treat complex relational dynamics very, very well and very realistically. So that's what I'm reading right now. I will probably read another witch book after this just because I need something. I know I'm going to need something a little bit lighter. Podcasts I'm loving. Camp Counselors podcast with Zachariah Porter and Jonathan Carson. They are boyfriends. You know Zachariah from TikTok, but I listen to it every Wednesday. It's just like a variety show. It's funny. They talk about their week. They talk about pop culture. They talk about funny news. I love it. And I listen to it every Wednesday morning when I take my son on his walk. And I also like heart start pounding. Now, this one comes out a little bit more irregularly, but she um, is a host that talks about kind of spooky stuff, uh, unsolved murders, uh, hauntings, odd, just like oddities that are happening, have happened, happened way in the past. She has conversations with hospice nurses, um, war vets, and the stories they have to tell. It's it's a wide variety of topics, but every time one comes out, I am so eager to listen to it. On TV, I am watching Cruel Summer. I did watch the first season of Cruel Summer, which I loved. My husband and I were totally invested in, did not, kind of had an idea about the ending. My husband was really good at picking up that stuff, but I mean, nowhere near the details that it was. We were riveted and we're watching the second season now. We've only seen two episodes, so we're not that far in. We have no suspects. We have no idea what's coming, but I know it's going to be a good one. A lot of people said it was really great. My mom loved it. I don't watch a lot of TV. My husband watches a ton of TV. I like to have on in the background, like when I'm cooking an easy show that I love that I've seen 12 times, whether it's New Girl or Ship's Creek or Parks and Rec. But I'm not much of a TV binger. There are shows that I have binged in the past, but nothing nothing really lately. And I do prefer to read or do work on my computer. Robbie is much better at sitting all day and watching TV. It just makes my brain melt. But Cruel Summer, that's where it's at right now. I'm loving Perfect Bars. They're all natural, mostly pretty clean ingredients, protein bars. I I think this is just a remnant of my eating disorder. I don't really get hungry or I've just trained myself to not listen to hunger cues so I don't really feel them anymore. And it's not good. It's not, it's not a good thing. So I don't have a taste for breakfast in the morning, but I know I need to get something in my stomach to get all of those juices flowing and get that appetite revved up. So I eat a perfect bar. I just pop it in easy on the go. I know it has protein. I know it has healthy ingredients, clean ingredients. So I've been buying those. They are very expensive. So get them at Aldi where they are not expensive at all. I always stock up. Diffuser-wise, I am still loving Winter Nights and Northern Lights Black Spurs together. It's like an earthy, not even earthy. It's a very woodsy. Think of, it brings me to a cool evening at Golden Hour. A cool evening in the woods where there are actual seasons. So not here in South Florida. I love it. It is cozy. It is like a little bit kind of smells like cologne so it gives you a little like confidence boost loving it but there is um a new simplified fall collection that's out 
the simplified collections are great because instead of like mixing together a whole bunch of different oils to make a particular smell, they're pre-mixed. So the one that I'm loving right now is Ginger Snap from that fall collection. Trying to use it sparingly because I know I'm really going to want to blast it when it really becomes fall and it's only still August. That's a big one. And then the last thing that I'm wanting to mention that's saving me is bagged salads. I should have grouped that with the perfect bars. Those pre-made salad kits, probably not the healthiest. Like I don't know what's in the salad dressing, but again, I mean, I have a history of only eating dinner and that's not good. Uh, and I don't like to spend time during the day making meals when I have other things to do because I like to be efficient. So having these bagged salads has been a lifesaver. I just throw them in a bowl, eat them up. I get some greens, get my vegetables. I get something in my belly. That's what matters. And they've been very much helping me get through the day and helping me stay on top of eating, which you know, is very important for a lot of reasons. So that's all I have for you guys today. Thanks for sitting with me and talking about my dizziness and my birth trauma or lack thereof and my type A type B-ness and then all of my favorite things right now. Um, if you guys have any topics that you want me to cover, let me know. Slide into my DM, send me an email. Um, if you have anybody that you want me to ask to be on the podcast, like be realistic. <laughs> I can ask whoever I want, but the likelihood of some people coming on is slim. But if there's somebody specific that you want on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. Uh, add them to my list. Send them a little intro email. Ask for what to be on. Send them a outline. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. If any of this resonated with you, if you're going for anything similar, if you have any feedback or insights that might help me, if you're also loving perfect bars and camp counselors and Northern Life Black Bruce, then let's chat about it. But that's what I have for you today. Happy Friday. I hope you have the best day ever. I hope you have a relaxing and rejuvenating weekend doing all things that make you feel filled up and energized and renewed. Well, until next time, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me this week for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoy the podcast in general, I would love for you to subscribe so you'll never miss out on upcoming episodes featuring other brilliant minds and insightful topics. Also, don't forget to rate and review while you're at it. Your ratings and feedback mean the world to me and help me reach more listeners. So, Misty and loves you. Have the best day ever. Same time next week. Bye.